and welcome to Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmaya Mission New Zealand. Hariom everyone, welcome back. In the studio today we have Ishanji and Puja. Hariom. Hariom. Where are you from? <laughs> I think that's how we could probably start yeah. today's episode. Yeah. Where I'm are you sure really you from? have all or you both have been asked this. I know I have been yeah. asked, you know, and I think the saying goes, you know, like, where are you from? And then I've always said, ah, from Matt Roskill, Auckland. Yeah. yeah. No, no, but where are you really from? Like actually, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, I was born here. I was born in New Zealand. <laughs> no, but what are you, what are you asking me? Yeah. What's so, your ethnicity? Yeah. You know? And I think that's something that we've all kind of grown up with. Mm-hmm. Um, being Indians living in a different country, yeah, you know, and so they they call it the diaspora, and yeah, what the term diaspora means is the dispersion or spread of a people from the original homeland, mm. and I guess that's something we've always had to kind of contend or deal with because I don't know about you guys, when I went back to India for the first time, I was only twenty one, yeah. And I didn't feel like I belonged there. Like I was, I was a tourist. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's like, I also I feel like I belong here. Yeah, but this isn't actually our land yeah. or our home. You know. Yeah. yeah. So where do I belong? It's a good question. <laughs> that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Where do we belong? And I guess that's kind of what we're we're talking about today. Is you know where do we we belong? So Puja will touch on some realities yeah and ishanji will talk about um the history of hinduism and how this all relates and then i'll yeah. finish in with vedanta and action mm-hmm. yeah um so tell us open <laughs> up the the big Deep closet. Yeah. Of I thought you were gonna say wounds and I was like, oh no, was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I can talk a little bit about my experience of like trying to figure out who I am. Um I'm not gonna like pretend to say that I like know exactly who I am now, yeah. but like I have a better understanding. Um but I remember when I was younger, I came to this country when I was two years old. My parents brought me here when I was two. Um so really this is all I've ever known. Mm. Um and I feel really connected to New Zealand. Um, and I always have. Um, and so like, I remember when we first went to India, I was like seven or something. And then we came back and I literally cried because I was like, Oh my God, we're back home. Like, cause I really wanted to come back to New Zealand and I like touched the ground and I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I really missed it. Um, so I've definitely always felt like a really strong connection to New Zealand. Like it's always been home for me. Um, but obviously looking the way I look, um, there is like some sort of like almost having to prove yourself that like Mm. you are a true blue Kiwi. Um, And so, and also like based on my ancestry and everything like that, that is a very important part of how I was raised as well. Um, So going to Balvihar and like being involved in Chinmaya Mission and like also just like being from a Hindu household, um, Hindu culture and Indian culture was very much a part of growing up. Um, So that combined with me schooling here and having like, friends who didn't have that same growing experience growing up, it kind of made me have kind of two different masks on. So one at home and one um, outside in the world. 
And it got to a point where I almost just started rejecting my Indianness. Mm. Um, and I was very like ashamed, I guess would be the correct word to use. Um, because it, it meant there was a barrier in allowing me to relate to my peers. And it made me feel a little more othered when I just wanted to be included. And especially at that age where like your identity is so like rooted in your friends and like who you choose to socialize with. And like, it's all a matter of like how popular you are and how many people like you. And, um, and that's so important to you as a kid. Um, and so you just start rejecting kind of anything that doesn't fit in with that. Um, it's actually a really like, it's actually a really sad story, but like, I remember when I was young, um, when I was an intermediate, I had this whole group of friends and I invited them to my house and it was Diwali and my parents were like stringing up lights. And then my mum at like around the house. And then we just were going to go to a, a, go for a walk around the block. Um, and so my mum very sweetly offered sweets to everyone. So she gave us all Diwali sweets. Um, and I remember just walking around and then my friends tried it. My quote unquote friends tried it. Um, and they were like, oh, this is so gross. And then they just threw them in the gutter. Um, and I remember just feeling so broken in that moment. But I was like, oh, but like, maybe they are gross. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know like what to do. And so I didn't stand up for myself in that moment. And that still hurts me. Like I'm tearing up just talking yeah. about this. But like, I, like, it's just so, it's just like, it was such an, it encapsulated my experience. Mm. Um, and so I did the same. I just threw it away. And like, first of all, just throwing food away is just so not okay. It's so against what I've been taught. Um, and also just that part of my culture. I love Indian sweets. I've always loved Indian sweets. And I just like to feel included. I just threw that part of me mm. away. And it was like symbolic and it was so painful. Um, and I just continued to do that. And so there had to be a turning point in my life where I really was actually quite I don't want to use the word depressed because it's very strong and I want to be mindful about people who are experiencing that. Um, but I was very down. Um, and that's when Vedanta kind of came to the rescue and it was like, who are you actually? And that was the question. That was the question we were trying to answer. And that's what I wanted to know. Um, and so peeling back all these like outer layers of like my culture and like my outer appearance and everything, I tried to focus a little more on that. And it honestly made me more inclusive um, it made me more inclusive of myself firstly, and then also of what's around me. Um, and also looking at like the Chinmay Mission pledge, um, service to our country is a service of the Lord of Lords. And that's what I tried to focus on. I was like, New Zealand is the land that's fed me. It's the land that's housed me. It's clothed me. It's allowed my parents to give me a good life. Um, and so I want to serve this country in any way I can. I want to serve this community in any way I can. Um, and so I started to lean on Vedanta quite a bit to understand what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to navigate it. Because um, there's a couple of things like, I don't know what you guys, if you guys know what code switching is. No. So code Only switching. Only in rugby. Oh, <laughs> I actually don't know what it means in rugby. Um, but code switching is like um, when you um, speak differently around different people. So like when I'm here, this is how I talk. This is how I talk at home. When I'm like, out in the world, like in my workplace and things like that, I sound very different to this. Mm. I sound like proper, like I was born here. I've been here for generations. Sound like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that for me, because I got bullied when I was younger, it was like a survival thing. Um, and so like little things like that, where you like constantly are having to question just to like be able to like have a pleasant experience in the world. Mm. You're constantly having to like tweak who you are. Yeah. And so like that, 
understandably creates a lot of like identity crises in you. Um, but yeah, that's just one example. And then the sweets and there's just a whole bunch of things, but like it, it becomes really difficult to try reconcile because when I go back to India as Indian, as I look, I don't feel at home there. Mm. Um, I think it's a beautiful land. I think it's rich in culture and history. I recognize that my ancestry is like rooted there, um, but I don't feel connected to the land. Um, and that's something I also struggle with because I'm like, if I'm not here, if I'm not there, what do I do? Because um, I feel like I'm constantly having to prove myself here. And then over there, I'm like, I just don't feel right. Like something's wrong. And then also they can see on your face that you're not from there, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, on my face from here, you know, I'm not from here. So like, I don't. You reckon they can see it on your face because you don't feel it in your heart? No, but it's not just me. Like people who people who feel connected to the land when they go back home, they are also they also are called out. They you people know you're not from there. Okay. Do you not get that? You don't get that no, experience. No. Okay. For some odd reason, I've never you've never had, had that, that experience where. I guess the fluency in, in the language also helps. Mm. Like when I start speaking Hindi, mm. then I just blend in. Yeah. Like when I went to study in India um, for the last two and a bit years in 2017, a lot of the people thought I was non-Indian within the course over yeah. there. Yeah. Because a lot of, um, well, not a lot, all communication is in English. It was, the studies were in English. But um, when I step out and I start speaking other languages, I just blend in and my thinking, I don't know, I, I did a little bit of growing up over there. I wouldn't say a lot of it because I moved to New Zealand when I was 12. Mm. Um, but I guess there was enough samskaras, enough ideas of the place mm. that I feel at home in India as much as I do over here. Mm. Um, and for me, like, I think the connection with the land ha has got just stronger over the years, especially with my connection to spirituality. Yeah. Um, and I feel that's my real connection. Mm. Yes, I live in New Zealand, but my roots are back in Bharat. Mm. Right. And so to be back in that country, yes, it has its negatives as well we don't deny that but from the spiritual side of things it is my homeland mm. i don't think i would connect to any country as much as india when it comes to spirituality and i guess that connection has strengthened only because of my um association with spirituality otherwise i, I would probably be Exactly what you're discussing, as in, you know, a bit lost as to, yes, we've left that country. And yes, I look a bit different and I don't blend in over here because most of my growing up is done in India. Mm. Mm. So the way I speak is never going to be the same. Mm. Even when I speak today, there's, it's a mix of blends of accents. It's not mm. completely Kiwi. It's not completely Indian. It's just mm. somewhere in between. Yep. Uh, I think spirituality really, and Vedanta helped me find that grounding and connection to where I truly belong. Mm. That's interesting. What about you, Akash? How do you? Uh, just before I answer, I was yeah. going to say the, one of the, I need to ask one of the most important questions we've had to ask on this podcast mm. to Ishanji 
Do you support the black caps or India? <laughs> it's the black caps. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you really yeah. from? <laughs> I have my reasonings for it, which I can go into if you want me to. I just see the black caps performing or playing the sport in its truest spirit mm. most often as opposed to other nations. I think India is great, but it's kind of become the big bully in the world of cricket. It has a lot of resources and it's able to churn out amazing talents, not taking away from them. Uh, when it comes to individual players, I think Sevag and Dhoni are my favorite, but as a team, it's the Black Cups that I support. So, mm. you know, <laughs> it's a good question. That's where it's hot wise. Now we know. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so when it comes to sport, yes, uh, cricket at least, it, yeah. it's the black caps. But when it comes to spirituality and my being, yes, it, mm. it's India, yep. for sure. I think even for myself, I've kind of had to contemplate this throughout my life, mm. you know, um, having going to school and you just see, you know, like the the when you see other Indian kids come and they've just got their hair oiled up, yeah. and you're like, I know where you're from. <laughs> you know, but then also like I was part of the school choir and we're to wear, they call it your national costume, your national, whatever, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. like coming to school. Cultural and, day. Yeah, yeah, and my kafni. Yeah. I just never really like, I don't know, as a young child, I was just like, oh, this, I'm going to kind of feel a little bit weird. Yeah. You know, like... Being that old and that age, you don't really know anything, you yeah. know? I was like seven or eight years old, so mm. it's like, what did I know? Um, but I think over time as I've grown up and um, it's actually the mission that's actually connected me back to India. Mm. It, was only, it was because of the mission that I actually went to India for the first time. That was mm. Global Camp. Yeah. And then it was through my thesis that I actually looked into my own identity and you know, designing a whole community center. Yeah. I looked at, used, I, yeah, used Vedanta to help me design that space. Mm. And I think through that process, um, through the values that my parents have taught me, mm. like they tried their absolute best to ensure that they instilled culture within us or brought yeah. us, they never let us lose that. Mm. You know, although we didn't speak Gujarati at home, like my grand, I still had to speak speak to, grandparents. to my grandparents, yeah. you know, or people that visited from overseas who don't speak it. So oh, they even, every Sunday would be going to Gujarati school. Yeah. Mm. Do you speak it with your wife? Uh, I say tarumatu. <laughs> what <laughs> does know, that like, mean? That's yeah. what my mum says. <laughs> like, like with your head. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like if, if I ever like joke with her or something, yeah, you know, yeah. she's like tarumatu. <laughs> <laughs> so just a bit here and there, yeah. but it's made here in English, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's it's always in English. Yeah. Even with my nephew Sean, mm. it's in English. But my my parents are trying to speak to Mangadrati. You yeah. know. Yeah. What I've observed is language is a huge, huge um, factor mm. in helping us connect with our culture and our heritage. Mm -hmm. If we lose our language, the ability to speak our mother tongue, I think a big part of that connection with India is lost mm. and the heritage and the culture is lost. Mm. Um, 
language actually provides us with a way of an alternative way of thinking. Yeah. And us being solely English speakers makes us think only in one particular way. And mm. that's the Western ideology. And but we don't also don't know like the full context and understanding of the language. Mm. Like yeah. I'm, but still, I'm still an English I speak like I'm like English is my second language. <laughs> like even though it's my first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. English like, is my second yeah. language, but I don't think you two have an excuse. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? so it's hard. Yeah. Like I don't know every like I don't know all the words in yeah, the English yeah. dictionary. Yeah. I don't think even English people know all the English words. <laughs> yeah, in but the like, I don't know those fancy words, yeah. man. Like my English is pretty bad. Yeah. So um and I think we should be putting forth active efforts to connect with that language, to revive that language mm -hmm. and have it be spoken in the household if we want to maintain that culture. Mm -hmm. Um in its absence, I think we lose a huge, huge part of our connection to the culture and um, the country. It's, I agree. I just, I'm just thinking about like all of us being here, right? Instead of in India um, and just like how that happened. And in terms of like the decisions parents made to come here and set up a life here, um, there would have been a reason for that. And oftentimes the kind of the most generic response that all of us can relate to is we wanted to give you a better life. Um, and so it's sometimes for me, it becomes difficult to reconcile that like you wanted to give us a better life. And so you brought us here and you're so like, you're still clinging on so hard to what's back home that it's like, that's why it also becomes hard to figure out who you are and what you're supposed to be doing because you've been brought here to like enjoy the luxuries that you get here that you can be, be afforded here. Um, and at the same time, there are aspects of your culture that are so beautiful from back home that you also want to bring in and you also want to be raised with. Um, so I think some of the struggle comes from how do you um, balance that? Because while your parents brought you here for a better life, they also want to imbibe you with very strong Indian culture. Mm. Um, so even that expectations feels like a little bit of a mixed message, mm. at least for me uh, growing up, like that was quite difficult because it was like, well, if you wanted me to be this Indian, why did you bring us here? Like, why did you bring us to a Western country? Like, obviously I'm going to be exposed to Western ideology, Western culture, Western values. Um, and there are some such beautiful parts about that as well. And like, it's about finding the balance, but like, also like just almost rejecting quite a few parts of like your Western upbringing um, to just fill it with your Indian culture. And I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I'm not mm. saying there's a good or bad way to do this. It's just I'm the just way saying, things are at the moment. Yeah. And I'm just saying just it can be confusing. Yeah. yeah like, I, I think this is where the problem arises, where we say there is, everything is equally good. Not equally. Not, not saying it's equally Not equally, good. but there are that beautiful is, parts about yeah, yeah. This is just the, the situation. Yeah. No, I, I think when we say there's good in both of them, are we really evaluating them properly? Or are we just saying Western ideology by itself is good, Eastern ideology is good, they both have their places. There is a fundamental difference between Eastern and Western ideology. I think there are parts of Western, sorry, that are good. Sorry, carry on. 
spiritual thinking is the root of Eastern. When I say Eastern ideology, we are talking to about mm. Hinduism, mm. right? Yeah. And the fundamental principle of Hinduism is what you are seeking outside is within you. Mm. Right? This concept does not exist in Western ideology. Mm. And so it's always looking out. Yeah. So even when we say our parents brought us here for a better life, I would actually challenge that question and ask, okay, in what sense better? Materialistically, yes. Mm -hmm. Comforts, yes. Luxuries, yes. But in terms of what is really important for an individual in terms of the culture, the heritage, the way of thinking, the philosophy, mm. we are worse off. But if we've been brought here for external like gain, yes, like so material the, gain, yeah. then we're already being told that's what the important part is. Correct. And but that is our, from our Indian culture. That was a decision made in India. No, that was a decision made by individuals, which is our parents. Mm. Right? We cannot say it's representative of the Indian culture. I mean, is it not? Because there's so many people striving to leave India. And that's such a like a dream to like be in America or the UK or Australia. And I, I guess this is where we have to fall back and look at history. Mm. What has happened in India over the years is the population has lost its touch with the culture, with the heritage, with the scriptures. Yeah, because I was going to say the scriptures don't say come to New Zealand. No, they don't. But I'm saying like, isn't there a difference between what a culture is and what uh, like what your religion is like your culture is determined by a group of people in a space. Right. And if the group of people in that space are all trying to leave or a lot of them are trying to leave, they like, there's like, there's a certain prestige to being mm. overseas. A Perceived, status, sim a yeah. status symbol. Yeah. That's because we've been made to think that way. We've lost because of our loss of identity mm. with our own heritage. Mm. We think that which is outside India is better. Yeah, but I'm what I'm saying is like in terms of like the definition of culture, like if there's so many people who are all feeling the same way, doesn't that then become a culture? No, I don't think so. Culture is the expression of religion or, or way of living, right? The absence of a philosophy or the absence of some principles does not make a culture. Okay, interesting. Because I don't, right? I don't know. Today yeah. we think that just because we do certain things, it becomes our culture. No, it, uh, culture is the expression of a particular ideology. Mm. The absence of ideology is not a culture. The expression of the absence of an ideology is not a culture. It's the absence of culture. I wouldn't say it's the absence of an ideology. I just think it's a different ideology. Mm. I don't think that ideology is absent. I think it's different. And so that's why I'm saying like, I think... In my opinion, um, a culture is like, culture is best defined by what is actually happening and how the community is represented right now, right? Like if there's people doing a certain thing, then we can't just be like, oh, but Indian culture is actually something that all these people aren't doing. Like Indian culture is something that nobody's participating in, but Indian culture is probably what Indian people are doing right now. That would be our culture mm. right now. It's what you're expressing. 
again, I can, I can kind yeah. of see that because you I can't see keep you... thinking about what you've lost. Like your culture's evolved and it's different, and it may not it may not be good. I, I'm not arguing if it's yeah. good or bad. I don't think it's right for people to feel pressured to live um, to go overseas and like spend all this money going overseas and like live a subpar life when they want to be back home. Mm. I don't think that's good. But I'm saying if that's how the culture's progressed. Mm. Again, when we see, the, the, I I feel there's a confusion between Indian culture and Hindu culture, and those who will call themselves Hindus, mm. how much of it is rooted in the philosophy of Hinduism, and how much is just influenced by the world around them, right? Indians, now India is a de- is a geographical place. The people living in that space are called Indians. Mm. It does not require you to adhere to a particular particular ideology mm-hmm. of Sanatan Dharma or Hinduism. Mm. You can follow whatever ideology you want, and you can still be Indian. Mm. Does not. So when we say Indian culture, it includes. It may or may not include the Hindu way of thinking. The yep. spiritual way of thinking. Yeah. So when we say Indian culture is of a particular flavor, is that representative of the Hindu culture? No, it's not. And if we are talking about the India or the Bharat of the past where it was completely rooted in the Hindu ideology, then that Hindu culture and the present day Hindu culture, we are not comparing apples with apples where it's just transformed into something completely different mm. because the people included are so diverse now and there's so many different ideologies playing its part and we are redefining India as a geographical location rather than a society based on a common principle which was the teachings of the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Right? So we're saying at one time whole of yeah. India it was connected wow. and rooted in one ideology but that's what I'm saying like you're thinking about something so long ago like that culture has evolved quite significantly since Indian then. culture may have evolved yeah. Hindu culture hasn't Hindu culture is still rooted in Hinduism in the principles of Sanatan Dharma of the Vedas mm. whether we subscribe to it or not we cannot say I'm Indian and I'm different from that Vedic culture and that Vedic heritage because time has changed. No, it's because I've lost that culture. I've moved away from it. And yet I define myself as Indian based on geogra- in the geography, not based on the ideology of what used to govern that land. So as an Indian, when I say I am Indian, what am I referring to? Am I referring to the place Mm. or am I referring to the knowledge system, the scriptures? Mm. It's a question worth thinking about. What, when I say I am Indian, what am I connecting with? Is it just the land? Is it just the skin color? Is it just the oily hair? (laughs) What is it? Is it just the way I dress? Is it Bollywood? Or is it Sanatan Dharma, the Vedas, the scriptures, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads, the ideology presented in there? And for me, connection with India is spirituality, the Vedas, the spiritual literature. Mm. 
and that's what i at least i connect with india on that front primarily and then obviously what we see is india about 80% of the population is still hindus so a majority of the indian culture is still rooted in hinduism but there's a certain portion which is not mm. and there's an increasing influence of um western ideology and there's an erosion of connection with that hindu culture and yes you can say india has a changing culture but what we as spiritual um students and seekers when we talk about india or hinduism what we we are referring to is the scriptures the culture originating from there mm. not just of the land of the place mm. some people are highly patriotic mm. and for them all india is bollywood <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't think that's our culture though culture as in the hindu culture yeah it's what the people follow as a group sure that's fine i'm not denying that mm. but is that what we connect really connect to as spiritual seekers i don't different people may be different mm. but i definitely don't you look like you <clears throat> brains doing a lot of computing yeah yeah no i'm thinking about a lot of things but i don't want to digress too far so um, yeah. do we have do we want to move on to maybe the no, next section good. i think just, it moves quite nicely into the the next part yeah, which yeah. is vedanta in action yeah. you know because mm. then how do we maintain our identity yeah. being here and even our connections our connectedness to mm. bharat um and how is how important is belonging yeah uh we have to figure our place yeah. where do we stand mm-hmm. um so for me i i guess it it was g- gaining clarity as to how do i connect to india how do i connect to bharat mm. is it just based on yes i was born there or i spent the first 10 12 years of my life there therefore i'm connected to it forever now i've spent more time in new zealand than i did in bharat so that makes me more of a new zealander than an indian but it's not so um is it by the clothes that i wear mm. or so i guess each person has to define it for themselves as to on what basis do they connect to their origins mm is it just physical is it just a sense of belonging or is it something much more deeper is it spiritual mm. <coughs> for me i th- i feel like it's definitely becoming a lot more spiritual yeah you know like when you just look out like everything we learn in class and through the mission mm. and you know we say that like bhagwan is everywhere and is everything yeah so the the trees outside you know like it's not a different tree mm. <laughs> whether it's here or there it's still still the same you know and then if we go back a couple of other episodes with when hushal was in he said nothing really exists yeah. <laughs> so why does it matter <laughs> yeah you know but i think yeah having gone through doing my thesis and looking at um 
like what yeah what what Vedanta teaches and how to how I could showcase that in an architectural way mm. you know, and then I also looked into the Maori culture and how you can express architecture through the Maori lens you know there's mm. so many I found so many similarities and I was like oh this is maybe this kind of space is who I am and what this represents yeah. you know mm. like as as an Indian living in over here yeah but every time I go back to class I feel like that, again that's just another step of connecting back and yeah you know and, and what I personally find is the from the spiritual lens um when I connect back to my roots it helps me connect more with everyone mm-hmm. um it's because of the universality of the teaching and the application of it it does not leave anyone or anything behind it encompasses everything and we see this in the history of the nation bharat as well that you know there's so many diverse ethnicities that have been accommodated and given a place to not just survive but thrive in in the country so there has been um what we call it the parsis um what's the english word that religion that the parsis follow zoroastrian yes yeah. yes so zoroastrianism yeah from Iran. there there has been sufism there has been buddhism there has been jainism there has been sikhism there has been um islam and it's not that india or the hindus merely accepted them and then kept them at bay but they were integrated into society they're given a place to express their art form their literature their architecture mm. um and they thrive and they, they live in harmony in that place i don't think i've ever seen any other nation provide so much for other ethnicities mm. um yeah. where there's still a great majority of one particular population of one particular diaspora um and it it is all due to this ideology of recognizing the divinity in everyone yeah that expressions on the surface may be different but at core divinity or god is at the core is is at the center of everything and therefore there's no need for um fighting or rejecting yeah. anyone or anything um but yet when it comes to living it is this when we practice this knowledge when we live its fundamentals we're able to grow to that maturity of accepting everyone around us um completely i think just what was quite beautiful is you know living here i think we're so lucky that even our city holds a two day event you know and shuts down the center of our city yeah to hold the diwali. diwali festival yeah you know and even that there's so many expressions of you know like the different parts of india are all represented on the stage mm. it's, a, it's a massive celebration of india and yeah. who india is and i don't know i feel just very grateful that we're able to have that you know and that comes off the story of ramji you know mm. 
and it's just a nice way to see that the the this the scriptural knowledge and Vedanta and everything we've, we've learned, you know, through stories, actually has enabled this to happen in the outside world. Yeah, you know, and I guess that's kind of a way that we can use the scriptures to help us and live our life here. Mm. Absolutely. It has to have a tangible benefit in our world outside or else the scriptures are redundant if they don't make life better. Mm. If they don't help me evolve in my thinking, reduce conflict and give a greater share of happiness, then obviously those scriptures, we may ask the question as to what is the purpose of these yeah. in this time and age. Um, and, and that's but natural. But when we see this positive impact on our personal lives, upon our family, upon the community, and the way we deal with everyone and everything, we have to recognize that, yes, this this is still valid and it holds true. And it's amazing to have access to it and even more grateful to be able to think about it deeply and have the knowledge given to us at the end of the day, as much as we think, our limit, our thinking is always limited by our preconceived ideas and we need a teacher to um, initiate us into the secrets of what the implications of these ideas are mm -hmm. and to have a guru who's done that for us, I think, the endless amount of gratitudes towards him. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything more to add? There's so much more, but this is like quite a heavy, like not heavy topic. It's quite a like um, big topic. Yeah. I yeah. think there's lots to discuss and everyone's experience is so different as well. Um, but yeah, I think I'm happy to leave it there, but I'm really keen to see what people think. Um, so mm. if you like write in or just let us know what you think. I think everyone's going to have a different experience, yeah. you know, and I think it'd be nice to hear and yeah, like you said. Yeah. And how have you reconciled your identities yeah. and like what, yeah, what does that look like for you? Because it's something that we still we still go through on a day to day, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and yeah. we will forever until however long. Yeah, yeah. it's just going to be something that we deal with and is a part of our life and who we are. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're rooted, it does get challenged again and again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thank both. you so much. Thank you so much. Hariyom. Thank you. Hariyom. Hariyom. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmaya Mission New Zealand. For more information on events, courses, SEVA projects and study groups, please visit chinmaya.org.nz. Hurry on.